Hello and welcome. My name is Father William Maestri, and this is another edition of Gabriel's Trumpet for Tuesday, June the 13th. Our reading this morning comes to us by way of the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 19, verses 23 through 30. Matthew, chapter 19, verses 23 through 30. And when we are first conceived, when we first come together as a human life, we are, according to the law of nature and nature's God, we seek self-preservation. We want to live. And even non-humans, a blade of grass that it seeks to come up between the cracks and the sidewalk, or even when there's a tree, the roots are there, and there is uh, gravel and so on. We see the, the grass or some sprout that will come working its way through to get to the sun and whatever moisture it can get, whatever nourishment from the soil. We want to live. The first law of nature is the law of self-preservation. And that's certainly true of human beings. And not only are we self-preserving, but we're also self-centered. We're self-centered. Uh, the child who is conceived and grows in the mother the child comes in a very comfortable existence. It lives off of the mother for nine months directly. Uh, the mother nourishes the child uh, in her womb. And that, that, is, uh, that is a very comfortable and safe and secure environment, hopefully. And... Uh, Birth is that welcome to the world. Uh, the child is uh, conceived and is delivered into the world of the everyday. But we don't lose that desire for self-preservation and for self-centeredness. We are self-centered. We're also conceived and we live uh, for nine months in a very parasitic existence. And that sounds offensive to some people. It happens to be true. We live off of our mother in a direct and profound way. We have an umbilical cord. We have a uh, quote-unquote belly button, which is always good to look at because it reminds us that we always lived off of the life of another, the life of the mother with the father. And in time, hopefully, we grow out of that total self-centeredness. Uh, self we call that infantile behavior. The child wants, <clears throat> the infant wants what it wants, when it wants it, how it wants it. And of course, it wants it now. If not even before now. We would like to have it all anticipated for us. And so when the child 
is born, the child borns crying and demanding and is hungry, which is understandable. The law of self-preservation and the self-centeredness of wanting to live, wanting to exist. But St. Paul reminds us that um, when I was a child, I thought as a child, spoke as a child. But now that I have grown up, I have put away childish things. I have put those away. I learned to wait. I learned to what, what is appropriate, what is good and what is bad. I don't put everything in my mouth. I don't eat uh, beyond my capacity. If I do, I pay the consequences for that. And we learn those things as we mature, hopefully. And life is a life of self-preservation, but also learning to be prudent and waiting and taking what is appropriate and what is proper in its proper term, in its proper order, in its proper amount. We don't just begin gorging ourselves. We don't stuff ourselves with all kinds of things. We learn that from experience, very often, that if our eyes are bigger than our stomach, uh, we get a stomach ache. If all we eat is candy, we have rotten teeth, and we pay the penalty for that. And so nature has a way of teaching us a kind of balance. And we can't demand all things immediately, all things that we want. And some people, and we may know them, we may find it in ourselves, if we're honest, that we never really quite grow, outgrow completely the notion of a kind of infantile behavior. What's in it for me? What am I getting out of it? And many people live their lives more taking than receiving, more leaning than lifting, and always life must revolve around them. They must be the center of attention. They walk into the room and they want to own the room, suck all the air out of the room. Every story, every event that someone tells, they always have to tell a better one, a deeper one, a more exciting one. They, they have a way of just uh, squashing everyone else. No matter what you know, they know more. No matter what you give, they've given more. No matter what you achieved, it's nothing compared to their achievement. And we know people like that, and they're very boorish. They're obnoxious. And they're often very lonely because people find it difficult to be around such folk. Well, our gospel reading this morning indicates that St. Peter hasn't quite put away the childish things. Jesus tells the disciples, I assure you it is very difficult for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle the eye of a needle was that entrance to the city 
in which everyone had to pass through with their goods in order to pay taxes in which they what they brought in and what they take out and uh, that was the eye of the needle so you went through the tax booth and if you were loaded down with stuff uh, it was very difficult to get your beast of burden through because it wouldn't quite fit through there and you had to pay a great deal more than a person who simply traveled light or left light and so we can become weighed down by all of those things traveling through the needle of life and when the disciples hear this they say to jesus then who can be saved and Jesus says, quite frankly, uh, for we human beings, it's impossible. But for God, all things are possible. We can't save ourselves. But with God's grace, God's mercy and forgiveness, all things are possible. And then it was Peter's turn to ask him. He says, and this, this may shock you. Here we have put everything aside to follow you. What can we expect from it? Now think about that. At times we might say the very same thing, not in those direct words. But Peter is saying, hey, we've given up home and family. We've given up our business. We've given up our way of life, all that was secure, all that had meaning and purpose. We left everything. You know, when you said, follow me along that sea a couple of years ago? Well, uh, we don't seem to be having too much. Where is it? Where's the payoff? I mean, we took a gamble. And uh, we don't seem to be able to uh, account for too much. And Jesus says to him, I give you my solemn word. In the new age, when the Son of Man takes his seat upon the throne, befitting his glory, you will have followed me, you who have followed me, will take possession of twelve thrones to judge the twelve tribes of Israel. Moreover, everyone who has given up home and brother or sister, father or mother, wife or children, or property for my sake, will receive many times as much and inherit everlasting life. Now, uh, notice, when the Son of Man takes his seat befitting the throne of glory, that's, that's delayed gratification. That's the delayed payoff. In the Gospel of Mark, Mark has Jesus adding, and persecutions besides. Now, I'm sure Peter and the disciples didn't hear that part of it. They were once again listening to all of the payoff, but not the road to the payoff, not the way to the payoff, which is the way through the cross. And so they wanted what they wanted now. They kept an account of all they gave up, but they didn't see any return on their investment because they, they were looking in worldly terms. The payoff that Jesus gives us 
that offers to us exceeds our expectations, our capacity to even imagine. For God is never outdone in generosity. God is never outdone in his goodness. His goodness that is shown to us each day. When God wakes us up and gives us the gift of this day, it's not because of our merit. It's because God loves us. And God wants us to return his love each day. By loving and caring for others in his name, as he takes care of us. And many people live their lives saying, well, this, this Christian stuff doesn't work. It's following of Jesus. That's an illusion. I don't have anything for it. Nothing to show. I don't, look, I'm, I'm following all the rules and regulations. I'm doing everything. That's not how it works. No, we may have our persecutions and our crosses. That's part of the journey. That's part of accepting the invitation to follow Christ. Not because now, but because we are going to inherit. We're going to be blessed in that kingdom to come. But we're also blessed now. We have a down payment if we only open our eyes and our hearts to see all that God has given us, all that God has blessed us with. Yes, and our crosses too, our burdens that we may have to lift each day. It brings us closer to Christ, his passion, his death, and his resurrection. So let us today Realize and thank God and live gratefully every day for what the Lord has given us, however great, however small. The Lord may ask us to carry burdens and lift crosses that are not our own, but maybe for another. But in so doing, we go closer to Christ, who is our richness who is our salvation. So let us today be one with Christ and in giving of ourselves, we are truly reborn and blessed and we enter into the richness of Almighty God. God bless you.